0: This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 48 of Paranormal Dads. I am
2: Paranormal Pat. I am Andy the Apparition.
0: I'm Eerie Eddie!
1: (laughs) Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries on this special Halloween episode of Paranormal Dads! Welcome to another Halloween edition of Paranormal Dads. Mm, all we made Halloween it back
2: just in time. I
0: know, for right? This wonderful that. holiday. Right on time, as if we planned it. Right.
2: <laughs> and we've got a great show lined up for everybody tonight. I we we were rounding up the segments earlier today, and uh I was telling Eddie and Pat, I was like, this show is gonna kick butt. This this is gonna be a really good, powerful episode, extra spooky, extra creepy just for Halloween and uh have you guys had your fill of uh chocolate and candy yet tonight you know what i
1: did already uh we we hit the store and earlier in the week and uh my wife brought home candy corn and peanuts and you mix those two together and i'll sit there and eat that for like two hours straight and get a huge tummy ache (laughs) but uh it's always a good time you You got
0: that salty you got that salty sweet combo just beckoning you more and more
2: yeah yeah you know what i like to do is i like to i like to have my fill on chocolate and then balance out that you know the richness with something sweet like nerds and then you know then go back and forth a little bit of both
0: yeah right just kind of shake it up a little bit Ooh, yeah i go the opposite way where i just stuff my mouth completely full of uh, (laughs) almond joys and then i chug a gallon of milk
2: (laughs) (laughs) and then he sneezes coconut (laughs) oh have you ever had
0: Happened. I had a mouth full, literally, literally of, uh, of peanut m ms I just dumped the whole, it was like a fun size, but I dumped it in my mouth. Literally got hit with the biggest need to sneeze, and I was trying to, like, spit it out, whatever, and it just, it just, I sneezed out m ms oh, nice.
2: all over the place. Oh my God. It was the
0: best.
2: Welcome to Paranormal Dads, everybody.
1: Yes! <laughs> so if 2020 hasn't slapped us around enough, Halloween this year, tomorrow night, on a Saturday... Mm. What are you guys thinking about? Uh, you know, what are you gonna do? It, it it sounds to me like we're actually recording this a little early, but it sounds to me like you know, I don't even know if trick or treating is gonna be a thing this year. Do you think?
2: I don't know. I think there's there's mixed uh, there's mixed protocol for different families. Uh, I think it, in in my family we're gonna kind of forego the traditional trick or treating in lieu of kind of like a stay at home party, but. Yeah. Trust me, we we shall eat our fill of candy. That's for sure. So, yeah. and we still we still got the costumes and everything. My daughter Sky is going to be Ariel, and nice. uh, Little Mermaid's making a comeback. Man, tell you what,
0: oh nice, um, she is part of your world now. She's gonna part of the Halloween world. <laughs> I, I um, uh, my kids, my three kids, are old enough now that they really aren't. Pat, you're probably in the same boat here, right? Yeah, they're, it's kind of over here. Yeah, they're kind of more interested in being home anyway. Um, and parties and all that Halloween parties, especially are kind of not happening. I mean, some people are still doing those, of course, but like at least my kids and their circle of friends, if they're doing anything at all, it's going to be small groups. And so there may be some rogue people who want to come to the door. I'm kind of torn what I'm thinking I might do not to encourage that behavior, but I might put a small thing of candy outside Mm -hmm. and just be like, if you're going to come, here you go. You know, just
2: put just put like 100 sanitizers in a bowl and let each kid <laughs> <laughs> Or just open the door, have a super soaker filled with sanitizer and just blast each kid as they come by. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's like a Ghostbuster, but it's busting COVID.
2: Here's, here's uh, your trick. Now take a treat,
0: treat as you leave. <laughs> I will individually tape a tiny little hand sanitizer to each fun size candy. There you go. Like, here you go. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a weird, a weird time. Yeah. So we're going to be kind of playing it by ear I think. By ear. Severed ear. <laughs> Severed <laughs> ear.
2: <laughs> well, we're going to get this episode underway uh, properly and and this week Eddie's on deck with uh the most the, with the most recent sightings. So what you got for us today, Eddie? Get ready everybody. This is going to be the most real thing you've had in your face
0: today's recent sightings is going to blow your mind. Boom. For this recent sighting, gentlemen and listeners, sit back. This Hallow's Eve eve. <laughs> and get ready, cuz I wanted to get into some some recent sightings that were more of a otherworldly of the of the un, of the not the undead, well yeah, the uh, the ghost and the paranormal creature realm. And so first, before we get into it, I want to talk about the ghostly realm. Um, Friend of the show, fellow podcaster, guest of Paranormal Dads, and frankly, a paranormal dad in his own regard, Billy Peck.
2: Hi, Billy.
0: Uh,
1: Hi, Billy. Hey, Billy.
0: love Billy. Lives in a haunted house.
1: Sorry, there's a ghost in your house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So he's reported everything from disembodied footsteps, which I have heard by the way, experienced it, thinking it was a grown adult just gallivanting all over their house when, in fact, there's nobody there. How does one gallivant,
2: by the way? Is it like a stroll? Is it a
0: a prance? I'm glad you asked. So how you gallivant is when it's actually you're wearing a fluffy, like frilly coat (laughs) and you basically high step
1: or bushwhack
0: (laughs) throughout the house.
1: There's really Uh, something Monty Python-ish about it. Exactly, absolutely
0: exactly there's a ministry of silly walks uh <laughs> thing about it but uh yes this this disembodied uh spirit was definitely gallivanting it sounded like they were doing a dance routine i'm like what is happening up there thinking like i'd see a grown man like wrestling another grown man up there there's nobody up there
1: <laughs> billy
2: what are you doing at your house billy, <laughs> why do
0: you have like illegal fights in your living room
2: there's <laughs> a studio 54 in the attic exactly about a- billy's-, <laughs> billy's fight club you don't talk about billy's fight club
0: <laughs> exactly go upstairs there's a bear on roller skates what's happening but it was what? that
2: loud huh it was that it was- loud that it yeah
0: yeah wow. you creaking of boards like rhythmic footsteps anyway and so i'm like this is weird and so he's had several events uh happen at his house most recently um everything oh yeah flipped over tv trays which i've seen video of where he's been like dude and he's talking to me and as he's talking to me you see it in the background this tv tray just like fly up um um the, the most seemingly innocent you'd almost miss this if you weren't paying attention he was playing with his son in his kid's room and he noticed uh his son has a little playhouse like for little like like weebles type people, remember those weebles back in the day? Little they wobble, people? but they don't fall down. That's right, Pat. You can try. They won't. And if you put a bunch in a sock, they make a great weapon against your little brother. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that, kids. <laughs> anyway, the point is, um, it, it's that kind of like a little play village, and he looks down at the play village and he notices there's this little yellow door. Uh, that one of the little toy people would enter and exit to the uh, the toy residence. Mm-hmm. And the door is opening and closing on its own.
1: Really? It's
0: not It's not motorized. There's no string. There's no feature. There's no action feature to this house. It's a little, like, simple. Um, despite everything of the 21st century, it's not, <laughs> like, overly, yeah, involved.
2: You have to use your imagination, one of those toys. I know, right? There's no Bluetooth in it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, but this door is not an automatic feature. You've got to grab it and push it open with your finger. And sure, as the day is long, you can see this door open, close. And in some cases, it's really kind of like slow. And in other times, it kind of just doop, just kind of closes real quick.
2: And uh, it is unnerving to the watch. The audacity, you know, of a spirit or a ghost to do that right in front of you. I mean, because right in front because the the video is being recorded just a few inches from the door and the ghost was still willing to play along to, to move this, you know, inanimate object.
0: And this will compel our audio listeners to check out our Facebook page. um, And even our Instagram, because you can upload video to Instagram as well. Uh, Oh yeah. And, and Twitter too. Check out all of our social medias because uh, I will be uploading these videos to those pages.
1: Plus, it will be on the episode page at www.paranormaldads.com. Look at Pat go like Look at boss. Us. <laughs> we just got <laughs> all of our angles covered. Just greased
0: <laughs> wheels. And so check out the video because it will definitely uh, put a little uh, spooky sprinkle in your step for Halloween. But uh, that door, and you can look in that video. There's no strings. No one's blowing on it. You can even tell. Like, if you were blowing on that door, you couldn't control the rate it would be quick open, quick close. You know what I mean? You can't be blowing it all, you know. It's just, and Billy, uh, he made sure it was a controlled environment. He turned off any fans. He turned off anything that would remotely be possibly interfering with this thing. And it kept opening and closing. So then that spawned the question, is this just like a normal sized ghost grabbing the door and opening it and closing it? Or is it a little three inch (laughs)
2: tall? It reminds me of that old movie, Willow. With the exactly. little, they they called them brownies. These little tiny mm-hmm. sprites, mm-hmm. you know, they were just a couple inches tall. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Does I mean, does that make a ghost less scary or more scary? You know, I to think have it funny.
0: Be... <laughs> <laughs> I'm the work. <laughs> <laughs> Don't slam the door. <laughs> uh, it it uh, is weird to watch, and for people who are skeptical, this thing is doing it repeatedly it's not happening just once or twice it's happening. I mean, I'd forgot how many times it actually did it, but I want to say it's approaching half a dozen times.
2: And, you know, so- and I think anyone, anyone watching, um, you won't be disappointed. We'll put it that way. It's a, it's a bonafide piece of paranormal evidence. And, you know, and one of the shows that, that we've uh, paranormal dads have been watching quite a bit these days is called paranormal caught on camera. Yep. it's on uh travel channel and maybe Billy should submit that footage I guarantee they would pick that pick up that clip in a heartbeat oh, dude.
0: that would be yeah next level yeah um now circling into the realm of captured footage of strange things this leaps from the world of the of the deceased uh into the world of the fairy folk or uh, all that now it gets this is where the paranormal stuff gets. Bonkers, and it goes back to stuff that we've talked about before, Andy and Pat, that that people have seen. um, Small, little people-looking creatures, and so uh, when you say small,
1: we're talking small.
0: We're talking like Smurf size, yeah, like three apples high. Not a great way to measure things because apples tend to vary in size, yeah, shape.
1: But even three big apple sizes are pretty small. I mean. Yeah. In terms of a person.
0: Right. And so uh, we are going to focus specifically on this sighting on goblins.
1: Mm. And and
0: that is a thing that for a lot of people uh, should invoke a picture in your head
2: of a kind of creepy looking elf dude. And yeah, pointy ears, maybe. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's kind of in the same realm of you think maybe think of these creatures as cousins. You know, you got goblins, gnomes, fairies, elves. You know, things like that. The, you know, but goblins are are they a little bit more? Would you say mischievous or scary compared to like a a, a nice little gnome, like a garden gnome?
0: So it it kind of ranges, it runs the gamut a little bit, and especially in fiction, and not fiction, but like, well, yeah, fiction, but in stories, the idea is that it kind of goes from ranging from neutral down to evil, you know, and so rarely is the term goblin used for something good, and so uh, uh, Eddie did his own research today, uh, (laughs) uh, for the most part, on the goblins, and so there's some things I want to share with you uh, about goblins before we get into the the found... uh, the found uh footage here okay so here we
2: go here we go you did you had to break out your field journal
1: again huh he has you know, a, the
0: paranormal dad the paranormal he Dad's has field journal
1: bound field journal this isn't on a computer this is the real deal this Hand is me you has got a paranormal dad sticker on it so <laughs> by the it way official. you could
0: you could own one of those bad boys yourself just message us in the comments that you'd like a paranormal dad sticker and uh we'll send one your way i'll pay the postage look at that
1: look at you I'll Happy Halloween, family. everybody.
0: Happy Halloween. Halloween gift from Paranormal Dads. I got a stack of these bad boys. You want a Paranormal Dads vinyl sticker for your laptop, water bottle, or your forehead because you're dedicated. Let me know.
2: <laughs> we'll slap it on a goblin and mail them your way.
0: <laughs> we'll slap it on a goblin's back and we'll make him run to your house. So here we go. Here we go. I'm going to bust this out. Um, a goblin is a type of fairy originally from Europe folklore. The word goblin originally derived from the greek word kobolos which translates roughly into english as rogue or evil spirit Mm. um the word goblin has traditionally been kept for any ugly fairy that is either mischievous or even downright evil um getting into other uh words for the goblin here we go uh we're going to get down to pronunciation butchering here. Here we go. Yeah. We, we have the Bouchon from Scotland.
2: The the English. Does he it wear, wear a English. kilt? Please tell me the, the goblin from Scotland wears a kilt. It does, <laughs> but he wears it like a hat. So he wears it like a hat. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> and, and then he, he yells, Naked. freedom! He yells freedom with his blue hand on his face. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, the English, how many words do they need for this thing? They have hobgoblin, the blue cap... And the Boggart, which I've not heard of, the blue cap. I've heard bogart before. Um, the gremlin from Britain, and then we have kobalos from Greek, um, the niece from da- uh, from Danish, uh, the Danes, and then uh, orcs are loosely connected to goblins, and also uh, the. Not the blue cap, but the red cap. Sticking to political. <laughs> to <laughs> political, uh, The red cap, according to Anglo-Scottish uh, n- nomenclature. Didn't oh, Papa
1: go. Smurf have a red cap? He did. Versus all the other Smurfs had white ones. <clears throat> Was Papa Smurf a dirty goblin? I, I think that showed his elderness Infiltry, about him, Yeah, I set him aside. That he had the red cap. He
0: had a big old beard. Um So there is a book. So there's a lot of of, um, um, stories to read about that feature goblins. You can go crazy. And these things go way back. And one of the older stories uh, is a book called The Princess and the Goblin. I don't have an actual date that I wrote down, but I think it hovers somewhere. Oh, yeah, there it is. 1871. Hmm. So it's not like ancient, but it's old. Um, But there's a great like there's a great like uh, paragraph that I did uh, screen grab. On this that i wanted to share so this, so this part is off my phone um but it's a great quote the goblins themselves were not themselves were not so far removed from the human as such a description would imply and as they grew misshapen in body they had grown in knowledge and cleverness and now were able to do things no mortal could see the possibility of But as they grew in cunning, they grew in mischief, and their great delight was in every way they could think of to annoy the people who lived in the open air above them. They were now not ordinarily ugly, but either absolutely hideous or ludicrously grotesque, both in face (laughs) and
1: form. Not just (laughs) grotesque, ludicrously ludicrously grotesque.
0: They was nasty looking. So um I set this up. And if you've seen probably one of the best like fantasy movies of the 80s, Labyrinth, if you've not seen it, go see it. What's wrong with you? Pause this podcast and get on it. But um Is that the uh, one with David Bowie? It is. Yeah,
2: those those pants he wears in that movie are rather snug I'll just yeah I'll they give are. You, I'll just be forewarned they yeah, don't leave yeah. much to the imagination they do not they God do bless not. David Bowie but you God know God bless him but dude that man. was one of the scariest parts of the movie in my opinion it was a lot to it was a lot to have to as a kid
0: I didn't even like pay attention and then as an adult I'm watching it and I'm like man did anyone warn that guy like he should wear some <laughs> double underwear bro or something um so that's a great kind of um An image of what goblins kind of look like, though, that movie, or at least from stories. Anyway, this is where the recent sighting comes into place. Uh, This video is I wouldn't say it's it's fresh new, but it's fairly new. I want to say the timestamp on it was 2016, 2017. And there was a family that was playing in their basement and they're speaking Spanish. So I want to say it's somewhere in either South America, maybe Mexico. Uh, this family's playing in their basement and the kids are just goofing around being silly. You can see there's kind of jumping up and down and just being kids. And out of nowhere in the corner of their house in the shadows, a little dude just pops up and they see it. Yeah. They all see it. They react to this because you yeah. see it too, watching the video. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh my God, what is that thing? Yeah. And the kids look at it and they all lose their mind. Yeah. And the thing starts to kind of like run and the video kind of cuts short. So um, it's a super interesting uh, piece of uh, what I would call, uh, you know, at least evidence for now, uh, unless there's a way to kind of take it apart. But it's super weird. Yeah.
2: And and we'll have so, that up on our social media pages for, for people to see. Okay. Yeah, certainly
1: something yeah. that you would see on something like uh, um, the paranormal – Caught on camera. Show caught on camera, but yeah. but it, it's a little pixelized that video, so it is. It, it's you know just like any any oh, video, good. you know it's always there's always something not clear about it, but oh, but it's ripe for tearing it. It, apart it is, like. it is kind of plays tricks on your mind for sure when you watch. It really it. does.
0: It yeah. really does. And I'm not saying one way or the other. I just think it's it's an interesting thing to look at. And then if anything, t- takes you down a little bit of a rabbit hole uh, to look up goblin sightings. Um, and, uh, yeah. And like I said, out of the shadows, you see this little, this little humanoid pop up and, uh, the reactions seem legit. I'll give it that.
2: Well, and and everything about, you know, the human psyche says that something's, something's not right. You know, the proportions are not right. The size, the size and shape is not right. You know, it, it's, it's thought that when, when it, an individual sees a creature that is human like but not quite human it just our natural instinct is terror that's why that's why people are afraid to even look at a picture of you know one of those traditional gray aliens because that it looks human like but the proportions are off the eyes are big you know the head is big and 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 ditto if we're talking about gnomes uh, goblins you know they're just it's not quite right it's very unsettling and a little fun fact um did you guys know that argentina of all places argentina in south america is is uh kind of notorious for for these little uh you know goblin and gnome sightings for for whatever reason no i don't know I, why. No idea. yeah yeah buenos aires and one of the more famous ones actually is from argentina i don't know if the one we're discussing is or not but that's something that we could look up i guess
0: argentinian so. gnomes
2: dude <laughs> good band name that'd be a awesome that's
1: our band play. name
2: Argentinian yeah. gnomes. Maybe we should
1: go down there and investigate. There Hello, we we're the Papas Paranormales. <laughs> said I'm getting that people. tattoo now. I'm getting
0: that tattoo now. Papas, Papas Paranormales. You know, the Three Caballeros are my favorite Disney cartoon.
1: One yeah, of them, so. That's one of my favorite rides on at Disney World, at Epcot. Yeah. Because yeah, so. you don't have to wait in line for it. You just, no, just hop on. Hop on, then you turn around, jump on again turn around, jump on. You can go four or five times if you want.
0: Now I want to ride <laughs> at Disney called the, the Papas Paranormalis.
1: Paranormalis.
0: <laughs> I said it. Anyway, uh, so we'll have those videos up on our social media and on our fa- on, on our website. And uh, I am anxious to hear what people's thoughts are on both of these videos. But uh, as you are trick-or-treating, be careful for any ghosts opening them doors and look, da- look down we say look up, look up for sure, but also look down. You're not stepping on any gnome, any gnome feet or heads.
1: And they could Water. be coming out of the bushes. Too, uh, no, so I'm sorry, goblins. the bushes. The coming gnome. out of the
2: bushes, the gutters, you just don't know, man. Watch out. Dude, dude, be, on, be on high alert. Um, well, thanks for that double dose of uh, recent sightings, Eddie.
0: You're welcome, and hey, happy Halloween, everybody.
2: It's time for Pop Culture. And the
0: Paranormal.
2: All right, gentlemen, for Pop Culture and the Paranormal segment, uh, that's me this time, and I am on History.com. And I have found an article, Eight Creepy Halloween Tales and Traditions. I figured this would be appropriate, kind of like, uh, you know, it's considered pop culture, some of the more popular myths, legends uh, some true you know some stem from a kernel of truth, uh, some have been debunked but I I, I thought that um, you know kind of this origin of Halloween and some of the stories that we've known throughout the years would be appropriate so so here we go eight creepy Halloween tales and traditions the first hmm. one uh, a fear of vampires spawned by consumption so. Uh, consumption, otherwise known as uh, tuberculosis. tuberculosis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eddie looked a little confused there for a second. <laughs> I was um, like, you going to eat yourself? Don't do that. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, well, during the 19th century, the spread of the disease known as tuberculosis, uh, otherwise known as consumption, it claimed the lives of entire families in Rhode Island, Connecticut, Vermont, and other parts of New England. And before physicians were able to explain how infectious diseases were even spread, uh, hopeless villagers believe that some of those who perished from consumption preyed upon the living family members, and this mm. spurred a grim practice. Get this Uh-oh. of digging up the dead, and I'm not even sure if I can say that on this family friendly show. <laughs> hey, they would they, code. They would uh, set fire to the entrails um, of hmm. the deceased. Really? So, uh, yeah. Hmm superstitious i guess really wanted to make sure that they are in the afterlife and can't come back to that's feast going on a the bit living far,
0: right i mean that's, you know, i think there's like a, a whole new
2: point. new image at the who
1: hot buffet Ooh, <laughs> it does i <laughs> mean that's, of
2: this? that's making really sure that somebody's a, a goner it whatever happened to you know poking a guy with a stick hey fred you, you dead you sure are you dead <laughs> are you dead fred are you there he's not all dead
0: you he's feel like dead when you're like maybe even halfway into that shore, that part of your brain is like, dog, what are we kind
1: doing? Of weird. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> like, why are we doing this? Right? Yeah. Like,
2: yeah That'll that, uh, ruin your appetite. That's for sure.
0: Oh man. You can um, ha- have a hard time thinking about anything else for like a week after that. <laughs>
2: yeah, people were, I guess, tougher back then or callous or definitely more superstitious, less, less PC. That's for sure.
0: Certainly. Yeah.
2: Anyway. The second segment is called Why Haunted Houses Opened During the Great Depression. Hmm. In the period leading up to the Great Depression, Halloween had become a time when young men could blow off steam and cause mischief. Sometimes they went too far. In 1933, parents were outraged when hundreds of teenage boys flipped over cars, sawed off telephone poles, and engaged in (laughs) other acts of vandalism across the country. Yeah, forget a firecracker firecrackers in a mailbox. They cut down telephone poles. That's, That's pretty extreme. They got yeah. those like Paul Bunyan looking axes where two yeah. guys have to saw back yeah. and
0: forth and they're just sitting there like, "Yeah, what a
1: prank." This thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a
2: prank. <laughs> so, people began to refer to that year's holiday in 1933 as Black Halloween, kind of similar to the way that they referred to the stock market crash 4 years earlier as Black Tuesday. Uh, rather than banning the holiday, as some demanded, many communities began organizing Halloween activities and haunted houses to keep the restless would-be pranksters occupied. Hmm. See, there you go. Extraction. It's just like it's just like when a kid's, you know, when a kid at daycare is acting out, give him an activity, give him a coloring book. You know, what do exactly. you expect him to do when he's Positive. bored?
0: Hey, listen, don't saw it off that telephone pole. Here's a bowl of peeled grapes.
2: (laughs) Put your fingers in them. Feel like eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Third segment, Jack-o'-lanterns and the legend of Stingy Jack. Have you guys heard of this
0: one? Stingy Jack? Stingy Jack. Jack.
2: Yeah, maybe he had a sunburn. Let's see. That's like the cousin of Owie Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you see?
0: Yeah, meow meow. Stingy Jack.
2: An Irish myth about a man named Stingy Jack is believed to have led to the tradition of carving scary faces into gourds. According to the legend, Jack tricks the devil into into paying for his drink and then traps him in the form of a coin. The devil eventually takes revenge and Stingy Jack ends up roaming earth for eternity without a place in heaven or hell. Mm. Jack does, mm. however, have a lighted coal, which he places inside, inside of a carved turnip, creating the original jack o' lantern. So mm. there you go. Their first jack o' lantern was not a pumpkin, it was a turnip. Must have been small. Turnips are tiny, aren't they?
0: Right. How are you carve Yeah, they're that? not real big. It was like I mean, a goblin
2: sized jack o' lantern.
0: <laughs> you put the goblin to work. Hey, bro. That's right. Here's a tiny little knife. <laughs> <laughs> Make me a lantern out of that piece of fruit. <laughs> speaking
2: of Austin pumpkins though there's a show i think it's on might be on food network even or travel channel i think it's called extreme pumpkins you know the people who just right. do outrageous yeah. carvings yeah it's like i'm in awe watching that show yeah i didn't see any turnips on there though yeah they take it past the old uh three
1: triangles and a jagged mouth you know yeah, oh yeah exactly <laughs> uh
2: this next one is called abraham lincoln's ghost in the white house and we may have touched on this uh, a long time ago, but here's here's a scoop. For years, presidents, first ladies, guests, and members of the White House staff have claimed to either have seen Abraham Lincoln or felt his presence. Uh, Grace Coolidge, the wife of Calvin Coolidge, the 30th president, was the first person to report having seen the ghost of Abe Lincoln. She said that he stood at a window of the Oval Office, hands clasped, behind his back, gazing out over the Potomac. Uh, perhaps he was still seeing the bloody battlefields beyond. Pondering Abe. Looking uh, out the window.
0: Uh, Andy, I believe that's pronounced uh, Potomac.
2: To say. Potomac. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks,
1: Eddie.
0: Potato. Potato Mac.
1: <laughs> you know what? I, I have a little addition for that Abraham Lincoln story. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the people who supposedly saw Lincoln was Winston Churchill and he he was staying I'm not sure if he was in the Lincoln bedroom or uh, but he was staying in the White House one night and he had just gotten out of his bath and he walked into his room and he sees Lincoln there standing before him and Churchill's he, completely naked
2: no <laughs> I was gonna say yeah he's standing there in his birthday suit he, he's
1: gnawing on his cigar as Winston Churchill does and he says to the president, he says, "Well, it looks like you have me at a disadvantage, Mr. President." <laughs> Supposedly naked. a true story. So, really, there you go. When's that's Churchill. Pro- he saw Lincoln in the buff. He
0: oh long, he he lingered long enough for Churchill to crack off a
1: quip. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, after he said that, the you know, Lincoln disappeared, which. If I saw Winston Churchill naked, you know I'd I can't go talk, to- but I think I'd disappear too. You, <laughs> you Abe Lincoln would be like, "Am I in hell? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm in hell." I, um, uh, I if I was Abe Lincoln's ghost, I'd come back and I'd be like, "You named the worst toy ever after me." <laughs> Lincoln logs are garbage.
2: All, all
0: you can make <laughs> is log cabin. <laughs> <laughs> well, make anything else.
2: I'm I'm just thinking, man, if he's if he's puffing on a cigar naked, man, careful where those ashes land. I mean, that's man, right. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Very yeah. ouch. Uh, this next one is says a uh, spirit photography claims to capture ghosts on film in the post Civil War, Civil War era when many Americans were reeling from loss. A photographer named William Mumler claimed to capture ghosts on film. While taking self-portraits for practice, one of Mumler's prints came back with an unexplainable aber- uh, aberration. aberration. excuse me. Although he was quite alone in the room when he, the shot was taken, there appeared to be a figure at his side, a girl who was made of light. And Mumler showed the photo to a spiritualist friend who told him the girl in the image was almost certainly a ghost. Mumler then began a swift business in so-called spirit photography. Uh, It makes me wonder if that was almost a predecessor to another phenomena called uh, Curlian photography. Have you guys heard of this? No. Curlian photography. It's uh, allegedly, there's a lot of controversy, but allegedly it's a a type of camera that can actually uh, capture images of people's auras. So take a picture. You know, Pat may have a blue kind of halo around his uh, head and shoulders. Eddie might have fire red because you're crazy. Thank Um, you you for that, Andy. That was
1: nice. (laughs)
2: So yeah, anyway, so that's the spirit photography. Mumler had quite the racket going on. He said, Oh, I see a I see a business niche. I'm gonna run with this. Also known for the first spirit selfie. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I wonder if he did duck lips, you know.
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Next segment. While uh, sitting in his car. That's right. That's right. That's uh, lighting him. Irving writes, uh, as my voice cracks there, sorry, I think I just hit puberty. Um, Irving writes, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow After Fleeing Yellow Fever. We, and we covered this, I believe, as our main mystery for yeah. last yeah, last yeah, year's we, Halloween that was, special. That
1: was definitely, yep. yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it a couple of times. But...
2: So, Washington Irving's 1820 tale of a headless horseman who terrorizes the real-life village of Sleepy Hollow is considered one of America's first ghost stories and one of its scariest Irving may have, may have drawn inspiration from a story while a teenager in Terrytown, New York. He moved to the area in 1798 to flee a yellow fever outbreak in New York City. Irving's story takes place in the New York village of Sleepy Hollow. A lanky newcomer and schoolmaster, Ichabod Crane is chased by a headless horseman. In the tale, Irving weaves together actual locations and family names... And a little bit of Revolutionary War history with pure imagination and fantasy. That's cool. That
1: a, I, I didn't realize it had anything to do with yellow fever.
2: Yeah, who would have thunk he was fleeing yellow fever in New York City? <laughs> Wait till he get a load of what's going on today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? Can't flee this. I'll, you know, it's see funny. your
2: yellow fever, and I'll raise you a, a pandemic.
0: I saw when I first met Pat, what almost twenty years ago. Uh, that was the way I thought. That's the way I described him: a lanky stranger. You know, there's <laughs> Not nothing lanky about me,
1: Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. I was just saying 20 years ago. <laughs> how how tall are you, Pat?
2: Six one, six two? No, I'm like uh five eleven. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Well, it's maybe it's the big it's the it's his voice. Makes him yeah. seem bigger. My son has already caught me. <laughs> but then again, I'm goblin size, so everyone's taller yeah, than me.
0: Andy so. and I are three apples tall, so we're <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: the next segment on this uh on this wonderful article, uh, horror movies inspired by real stories. On November 13th, 1974, 23-year-old Ronald DeFreo Jr., otherwise known as Butch, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. He murdered his entire family. His nicknames Ooh. I wonder if he had the nickname beforehand. Because if so, maybe that was his destiny. I don't know. That
0: was like a, That was like a premonitionary nickname.
2: Yeah, something like that. But sadly, he did. He murdered his entire family in their sleep. One year later, the Lutz family purchased the house in Amityville, New York. Does that ring a bell?
1: There
2: we go. Uh, where the horror took place. Uh, George and Kathy Lutz then claimed that they experienced shocking paranormal phenomena in the house green slime oozing from the walls, a creature with red eyes, and multiple family members levitating in their beds. Uh, the claims appeared in Jay Anson's 1977 book called The Amityville Horror which inspired the 1979 movie of the same title, which in turn inspired many more movies. So kind of a snowball effect there.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't move
2: into a haunted house.
0: Just don't do it. Find a different house. Um,
2: house do you guys like Frankenstein? Out. You guys Frankenstein fans? I do. Yeah. I
0: okay. prefer the one from monster squad. If you guys have not watched monster squad, add that to the list add 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 me to the uh team Herman Monster. Oh, there you go. Yeah. The one in the Frankenstein monster in Monster Squad is very similar to the to like he's very lovable. Yeah. He's like like, oh he's protecting people and stuff. Anyway, Monster Squad rules. Anyway,
2: Frankenstein's monster. Well here's here's some paranormal dad's trivia for any listener or either of you two who can get this right. Anybody uh know who wrote the original story on Frankenstein? Mm. Mary Shelley, right? Three points for our fearless leader, Eddie. That is correct. Mary Shelley.
0: Halloween points. Halloween points. (laughs)
2: Frankenstein (laughs) author Mary Shelley is world-renowned for her terrifying fiction, but few know that she had a dark secret of her own. Shelley's husband, Percy, drowned at the young age of 29 when his boat was caught in a storm in July of 1822. Percy's body, and I'm just going to forewarn everyone, this is a little bit bit darker. Percy's... Percy's body and those of his fellow sailors were found ten days later. Uh, Percy, Shelley, and the others were cremated, but Shelley's heart did not burn. They thought perhaps it was due to a bout of tuberculosis earlier in his life. Uh, Mary Shelley eventually took ownership of her late husband's heart and is said to have carried it around in a silk bag. Mm. Say quoi? (laughs) Say (laughs) what? You probably couldn't check that at the airport, could you? No. (laughs) You you couldn't have that as a carry-on either.
0: You'd have some trouble explaining that. But you have this. Ma'am, what do you have there?
2: Oh, it's the the unburned heart of my husband from 1822. Yeah,
0: but here's the weird part. I mean, here's the total sensible part. Because it wouldn't burn, I figured I'm going to put it in a little knapsack and carry it with me wherever I go. It's going (laughs) to go with
2: (laughs) me. I, uh... I believe if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to go look this up after the fact. But I think she was really young when she wrote that story. I think she might have been even a teenager, like 18, 19, when she wrote that oh, story. Wow. I believe it was her first book. Um, don't why quote would, me on that. But.
0: Why would having tuberculosis make your heart
2: fireproof? Is that a no thing? Idea. That's <laughs> like a Marvel character waiting to happen, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to put that in my head. Like the equation doesn't make sense. Like heart? Plus tuberculosis equals won't catch on
2: fire. Won't catch on fire. And then it becomes a superhero firefighter kind of guy, right? Tuberculosis burn. man. man.
1: <laughs> tuberculosis Ted. He fights fire. Oh, God.
0: He's out of breath all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: tuberculosis well, Ted, get on it.
2: <laughs> oh, God, we digress. Uh well those those are that's what that was uh that, that dib, that's all folks that, that was the <laughs> article I thought it'd be appropriate kind of fun for Halloween so kind of the origins and history of some of the some of the you know local legends and, and things that we've known. Yeah great. you
1: had some good ones in there. Thanks, Andy.
2: All right, so next is the main course, main mystery. Pat's pat's up for this one coming up next. And now it's time for the main mystery.
1: So this Halloween, I thought we'd keep up talking kind of what Andy has already started for us and talk about some of the most famous ghost stories uh, the world has known. And time and time again, these stories come up around this time of the year, and they've just kind of uh, stood the test of time as being Halloween lore. You know, the ghosts are famously elusive. They're featured prominently in our culture, uh, they're in television, film, found around campfires, bookstore shelves, and both fiction and nonfiction sections. I'm going to try to stick to most of the nonfiction type, <clears> as, <throat> as best we know. The first one I'm I'm going to talk about is not actually the ghost of a person, but a ghost of a ship. Ooh. This ship is called the Flying Dutchman. Boys yeah! and girls, have you ever heard of the Flying Dutchman? I have. I have, yep. So it's Isn't that the Davy Jones's ship. Uh, I think it it did appear in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm not sure if it was Davy Jones's ship or not. Okay, yeah, okay. but I uh, love ghost ship. <laughs> but it was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, it's it's the world's best known non-human ghost. Uh, it's a 17th century merchant ship said to haunt the high seas. According to sea lore, the ship, which often appears as a hazy image or a strange light, is said to bring bad luck and doom to all who see it. Uh, It's never been viewed from the shore, only at sea. Um, The ship and its crew became eternally cursed when its Dutch captain refused to take safe harbor during a storm, despite the pleas from the crew and passengers. Um, The ghost ship has been reported on the ocean from time to time, including appearing off the coast of Africa in 1923 it's more, most recently as we we stated uh appeared in movie theaters in the pirates of the caribbean films so
0: also in spongebob square oh <laughs> don't really forget don't forget that yes just just pointing that out just pointing
2: that eddie out. i can just picture you sitting around on a saturday morning eating captain crunch and watching spongebob
0: <laughs> yes oh my gosh i gotta i gotta offset the uh the, uh, the, the the crushing sadness somehow, Andy. I'm kidding. <laughs> the Flying Dutchman, uh, when you get into this notion of like a ghost ship, that's not only a ghost ship, but it's got ghosts on it too. It's like the Russian nesting doll of haunting.
1: <laughs> right. Them, them ghosts got ghosts. I mean, the ghosts got ghosts. There's ghosts on <laughs> the ghost.
0: We got a ghost cookie making ghost food for the ghost crew. Um, and yeah, that whole thing of seeing that hazy mist and seeing a ship come through it and oh, Perfect. Also, hey, real quick segue. Uh, uh we talked about uh stuff. Uh Blackbeard's Ghost um, is a ghost pirate um uh movie as well,
1: Pat. Point that out Blackbeard. Blackbeard's yeah. Ghost. Aye, Captain. Urr. So so next up we have something I think we alluded to last week was the Bell Witch it's basically based on the events that allegedly happened at john bell's tennessee farm between 1817 and 1821 and is said to be one of the classic american ghost tales bell shot at a strange apparition of a creature on his farm but the creature disappeared before it could be harmed and then several weeks later the family came under an attack by a mostly invisible entity that was able to speak affect the paranormal or the affect the physical environment and also shape shift Uh, some accounts record the spirit also to have been clairvoyant and uh, capable of crossing long distances with superhuman speed and or being in more than one place at a time the ghostly assaults continued for several years and at one point i thought this was kind of interesting andrew jackson is said to have dabbled in ghost hunting and he did his own investigation of the farm so andrew jackson at jackson president of the united states a ghost hunter also paranormal and dad some people dispute that he ever did but i like to think that would be kind
2: of cool so so he was ghost hunting you got uh, you got uh who'd you say the, the other president naked with a cigar CNA Blinken? Well well there's
0: that was that was Churchill. Uh,
2: Churchill oh, from England. Okay.
0: But there is a story about Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, and it's a great movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he's going to keep throwing out movie suggestions all day time. I will.
0: <laughs> it's Halloween. Throw, throw on a good Halloween movie.
1: <laughs> you guys ever hear of Bloody Mary? Oh, yeah. I think we've actually talked about her before on the show. They're delicious. Marathon, They're delicious. They're yeah. delicious over brunch. <laughs>
0: little oh, little was celery was stock <laughs> in there. Bacon in there for some reason. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes.
1: So bloody mary bloody mary dot 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 i'm not going to say it three times i don't say it three times maniac i thought he was going to do it <laughs> i scared you didn't i Pat,
2: look away from the mirror
1: <laughs> so with these words many school children had their first experience with a ghost according to folklore bloody mary is a ghost of a woman who murdered her children long ago and if you want to see her go into the bathroom, usually at school, turn off the lights. I don't know why it says usually at school. Turn off the lights, stand in front of a mirror, and repeat her name three times. Why at school?
2: I mean, you want to be labeled as the playground weirdo?
1: This whole thing kind of reminds me of the game Skyrim, where you you say a certain phrase, and then a certain, uh, what is the, uh, they're kind of like ninja assassins in Skyrim come to kill whoever you wish to be dead. Yeah. it's it, I love that game. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's, like, it's like a thing you can actually like, you know, do and then like use it to curse someone else kind of right. thing. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> <clears throat> Don't do it kids. Don't do it.
1: Well, countless children and surely more than a few adults have tried to summon Bloody Mary using the prescribed method. Few, if any, have actually succeeded. Mm. Most either stare at their scared reflection in the dark mirror or lose their nerve after saying the second bloody
2: Mary, just like I, I'm did. in the latter. I've never done it. Have you guys, and, you guys and- have never done it. No. No, I've never done the Bloody Mary thing. I, I, I'm pretty sure uh, one of my childhood friends. Uh, we did a sleepover, and I think he did. I think he said it like a million, a hundred, like a hundred times. Like <laughs> I was, I was too busy playing my Nintendo game, but he, he was dead set on making something happen. So I just ignored him after a while. Nothing happened. The map on that. He just like summoned like
1: you know. D- 60, dude is 60 summoning demons, and <laughs> Andy is like playing Mario Kart. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So apparently where's Bloody Mary? We're, we're, <laughs> there's an updated version of the Bloody Mary legend that was made into a horror film series called Candyman. I don't know if Oh you guys Yeah, remember. you
0: say Candyman oh, no. five times.
2: Now is that the is that the, uh, the where the where the cover of that movie is the guy with the bees coming out of his mouth or something? I don't know about mm. that one. I think that's the cover of that movie, the Candyman. might Man. be. That'd be a question yeah. for Billy Peck.
0: I know, he'd know. He'd know. I don't know. I get scared. I can't watch things. (laughs) I cry. I cry so easily.
2: You watch a SpongeBob.
1: I watch SpongeBob. It's got the Flying Dutchman on it. All right, moving on. We have the Drury Lane Ghost. Oh! There are many theaters in the Convent Gardens District in London's West End. Plays have been produced in that area for over 300 years, and some of the world's greatest actors have appeared there. Yet one theater is better known more for its ghosts than its productions. Uh, There's actually more than one ghost said to haunt Drury Lane's halls, including those of several actors. The most famous, however, is a man in gray seen as a nobleman carrying a sword. So a dude walking
2: around with a sword. So he's ready to knight somebody, you know, take a yeah. take a knee and he'll knight you. He'll knight you, then lop your head off. <laughs> oh, and then you'll join him in the afterlife.
0: Don't do that. He's
2: looking for bloody Mary. He's like, You
0: seen my girlfriend, Mary. Yeah.
1: And speaking of Mary, there's also Resurrection Mary. And this oh. is this is one of my favorites in the list here. So this kind of falls under the the area called hitchhiker ghosts. Uh, (laughs) So so Chicago is is a town full of ghosts, and perhaps its best-known ghost is the legend of of Resurrection Mary, who's also likely the most famous example of a vanishing hitchhiker-type ghost. And so according to witnesses, uh, since the 1930s, here's how things go. Dude's driving down the road at night. He sees a girl standing by the side of the road. She's a damsel in distress. He's going to stop. Come on into my car. I'll take you to safety. She gets in his car. She's very quiet on the road. And she asks to be dropped off at Resurrection Cemetery. Dude thinks, that isn't weird at all. Okay. He stops by the cemetery, turns to let her out of the car, and she's gone. Nowhere to be seen. Poof.
2: Yeah, so uh, I've I've heard that one before. Chicago has so much going on, man. You got ghosts, you got haunted haunted theaters, uh, haunt, uh, haunted uh, you know th- th- tons of uh, you know buildings. It's kind of known for its architecture scene there, and uh, yeah. and not only that, but in recent years a lot of Mothman sightings in Chicago. It's like yeah, the new yeah. there
0: was a Mothman sighting there, not Mothman yeah.
2: hotbed of the country right now. So resurrection Um, mary is she she like the second cousin of typhoid mary then (laughs) that i don't know (laughs)
1: we've got Um, all the mary's covered in this episode
2: mary mary where are you going to
0: apparently a cemetery (laughs) and you're bloody um the hitchhiker ghost thing is really scary because there's a lot of towns that have that that myth or that story and you get into that type of haunting and it's like it's almost like a like a tape that's on repeat yeah. You know, like some time in history, this person got hitched, you know, got a ride. And,
1: and if you kind of listen of back to some of our older episodes, we've we've covered stories where it's kind of like a hitchhiker ghost. You know, they show up in some guy's car and and um, they go for a while and yeah, they turn around, either they're not there or or, or they drop them off and never seen from again like i I think there was one in our national park episode something went down in one of the uh yep uh parks if i'm not mistaken caught a ride with one of the uh
0: one of the forest rangers
1: right
2: yeah
0: he was giving her a ride back and then looked back and gone
2: which is speaking of road trips and and hitchhiker ghosts you know i had a a friend of mine recently went out of town on vacation texted me saying hey which which Paranormal Dads episodes are the best? Which are the scariest? You know, we're going to binge it, listen and, Yeah. But in particular, I said, if you really want to be terrified, go back and find, I think it was episode 30 something. It was the, the Haunted National Park ones, you know, creepy yeah. stories from uh, search and rescue officers, you yeah. know, that segment. Yeah, of the, that was a the, good show. It, that's a scary one. If anyone listening wants to go back and check out that, that one.
0: That had the phantom staircases.
2: In yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that was the same one. Yep. The staircases to nowhere.
0: Did you get any feedback? Did they enjoy the selection that you uh, recommended?
2: I'm not sure yet. They're in Colorado. They, they could have been gotten lost at the Stanley Hotel or sucked into a portal. Oh, <laughs> good. Know. Let us know, please. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of Squatch sightings in Colorado, too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pike's Peak, Estes Park. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of notorious for uh, for Sasquatch sightings. But, yeah, there, there is something unsettling, though, about a hitchhiking ghost. You know what I mean? It's just... They perform more more of a nomadic lifestyle as opposed to the ghost that's rooted in, you know, grandpa's old farmhouse kind of deal. It's like you can't quite pinpoint where and when they're going to be. So,
0: oh, man, think you're helping somebody out. Turns out it's a ghost. Look what you (laughs) did to yourself.
1: So um, this next one is called the Cottage City Poltergeist. And. You may or may not know about the Cottage City poltergeist, but you probably know about its movie adaptation. It was um, William Peter Blatty's *The Exorcist*. Oh, so that's what? Oh boy! Blatty's novel tells the story of a young girl possessed by a demon who makes makes her spit up pea soup and do some cusses (laughs) at her mom and the (laughs) priests and and. but there was actually a real-life case in 1949 that actually centered around a 13-year-old boy uh, from Cottage City, Maryland. He was known by the pseudonym Roland Doe. So, if you've seen the movie, you probably had an idea of uh, Roland's family experienced. You know, Roland plays with a Ouija board, and soon there's shaking beds, weird noises, sheets pulled off the mattresses, writing appearing on the boy's skin, and Yada, yada, yada. We got a ghost on our hands, right? Yeah. So the boy is ultimately moved to a hospital in St. Louis where a number of Jesuit priests perform an exorcism on him, and during which more strange stuff happened. And the boy seemed cured afterwards. So the priests felt confident in their diagnosis of demonic possession. Later, his family actually converted to
2: Catholicism. So. <clears throat> Well, and then uh, and then for the movie adaptation of it, they changed the the boy's character to a girl, correct? Because in the yeah. in the movie, it's a girl that's possessed. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and rolling the dough—that just sounds like a mean name the kids would give a kid that worked at a bakery or something. Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> rolling the dough. Yeah. Exactly. ha, <laughs> huh, huh, Looking to make biscuits, loser,
2: or, or a rich kid because he's rolling in the dough. Ooh,
0: right. Ooh, there you go. Make it rain. Make it rain cookies. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Here's one
1: Eddie's going to like. It's about beer. <laughs>
0: yes. I'm so, drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the,
1: this is the Lemp family. Eddie's kidding, by the way.
0: <laughs> I am not drunk. I'm fine.
1: In the days before Prohibition, the William J. Lemp Brewing Company was the beer king of St. Louis, thanks to their Falstaff brand of beer. And innovations such as using refrigeration to store and ship their cold ones na- nationwide. But today, the Lemp family is better known for pretty much all killing themselves and filling up their house with ghosts. What? So four members of this family, uh, William J. Lemp, the father, um, his son, Billy Lemp, Mm -hmm. uh, daughter, Elsa, and another son, Charles, shot themselves between the years of 1904 and 1949. So this all happened over a, a span of time. Just like one at a time, huh? Yeah, like they were cursed. And now their ghosts are are thought to haunt the halls of their family home. Technically, Elsa didn't shoot herself on the premises of the Lemp Mansion, but presumably her ghost has commuted back home and now hangs out there. If the four suicides weren't enough, there's also ghosts of family members who died of natural causes in the house. And even the ghost of a person who probably didn't actually exist, they say. So that would be the dude who liked their beer a lot. And he's like, I'm just going to go live with the Falstaff family after he died. So he
0: just liked the beer so much.
1: Yeah. yeah so the mansion man today is an inn and restaurant and it's hosts numerous ghost tours, capitalizing on its reputation as one of the most haunted houses in America. So,
0: I mean, it makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, This reminds me of a story uh, uh, of a video game called What Remains of Edith Finch. And it's the name of the game. Yeah, it's like a it's like a mystery game where you have to uncover clues and figure out basically you inherit this house where every one of the family members who's lived in it has died in unusual ways. And your job in the game is to uncover the story as to how everybody came to pass. And it's uh, it's kind of paranormally and kind of creepy. So anyway, that just reminded me of that, Pat.
1: So I, I got one more, I'll go, I'll go through here, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's called the Greenbrier ghost. It's probably the only ghost in America on record whose testimony was successfully used to convict her own murderer. Um, It sounds like a TV show, but it actually happened. So Zona Heaster lived in Greenbrier County, West Virginia in the late 1800s. In 1896, she married a drifter named Edward Shue, who later killed her. But Zona's death was attributed to natural causes after Shue intimidated the doctor until he ran away. So fortunately, Zona's mother, Mary Jane, didn't trust Shue for a second. Partly because he was totally creepy, but also because for four nights, her daughter's ghost allegedly appeared to her and explained that she had broken her neck. To Ooh. prove it, Zona turned her head completely around until her ghost face was backwards.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: So can you imagine waking up to your child, your, your deceased child, and it's spinning their head in front of you? That would be a
2: rough night. I
0: oh my gosh! Can't imagine
2: that's uh, almost reminds me of something like like Beetlejuice would do, you know, like ghost <laughs> antics, you know. Yeah. I mean that remind. I mean, I keep saying that reminds me, but uh, anyway,
0: watch the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so naturally, Mary Jane demanded an autopsy, and uh, um, it turned out to be Zona's neck was indeed broken, and so during shoes' of subs, Subsequent trial, the prosecutor tried to keep Mary Jane's ghostly visitor secret, but the defense asked about the ghost extensively in an attempt to undermine Mary Jane's credibility. However, this strategy backfired because if anyone in history has ever believed in ghosts, it's definitely the West Virginia hill people from the 1800s. <laughs> I was
2: going to say, you're not... So the plan <laughs> backfired. You're preaching, on to, yeah. you're
1: preaching to the choir. So she went to jail. And Zona's ghost was never seen again. She could finally rest in peace. The state erected an, a historical marker about the Greenbrier ghost as a sort of, sorry, you got murdered gift. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry.
0: Sorry. We better do something to make that ghost happy. I don't want to see a ghost walk around Shaq shack
2: in the hills. <laughs> she she uh, might want to see a ghost chiropractor in the afterlife, maybe. Ah, get that neck, get that neck fixed, <laughs> get that neck put right. Anyway, that, that all, all joking aside, that is a really cool story. It's I'm glad cool justice story. was served and, and, uh, how, how cool is that? Ghost coming back, not to haunt, but to be practical, to, to serve justice how? up on a platter. Be like, Hey man, right. get this right.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It
2: sounds persistent too. Like wouldn't, wouldn't stop badgering her mom until, until, uh, made things right. You know, and, and, you know, I and in, in my presentations that I that I do talking to people about spirits and how they communicate with us, I always tell people spirits are very persistent. You know, if you've lost somebody to to anything, to old age, to 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 murder or what have you, they if there's something they need to tell you, they are persistent enough to keep trying until they successfully get your get, get your attention. Yeah, they yeah. can come to you in a dream. They can come to you in your bedroom. They can speak to you through uh, audio means and visual means through music meant they can manipulate electronics around your house. And sometimes they do that. I think just to, just to put a smile on our face, just to yeah. tease us and, and get, get a rise out of us. But mm-hmm. in cases like that, um, you know, she had something really important to tell her mom. So that's yeah, that's She cool. was she was not going down without a fight. No. Yeah. For, no. Yeah. Good job so, on
0: her. Good job ghost.
2: Yeah. Thanks Pat. That was a, that was a really, uh, really in, the heavy hitters of the paranormal community. Yeah just landed bombs goes well, every, well everybody we hope you uh, enjoyed this special halloween edition uh, to our show and you know feel free to spread the word to others who might enjoy listening to us uh, feel free to reach out on social media facebook instagram twitter uh we always like to give a a big thank you to the people at freesound.org for some of the sound bites and music that we use and uh Gosh, anything else? Uh, don't overdo it with the with the candy there, Pat. Pace <laughs> yourself, man.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going
2: to have to cut back
1: pretty pretty quick. So, yeah, uh, and,
0: uh, for people who've made us part of their Halloween tradition, thank you. We hope you, you know, enjoy playing us maybe in the background as you, you know, have your own Halloween celebrations and and uh parties and whatever you're doing this time around, but uh for those of you who've made us part of those things that you do, thank you. We're glad to be part of it.
1: And whatever you do do this this halloween season um just do it safely because we always want you back back for more paranormal dads thank you thanks
2: for listening happy halloween happy halloween <laughs> <laughs> so moment of truth favorite halloween candy go
0: i'm all joy, man i'm oh. all enjoy
2: joy all day i know it's like an old man candy it really is <laughs>
0: i see it and i get all like crazy eyed I, I go through my kids candy i'm like you don't want that like no but i want to try it you'll never try it it's mine there's razor you know,
1: blades in it. Give me it. I kind yeah, of agree with you. I love an Almond Joy. Good yeah. Almond Joy fixes everything. It really does. But uh, you know what one of my favorite candies is? It's not really a traditional Halloween candy, but it's the Chico Stick. You guys remember Chico oh, Sticks? Yeah. It's I've basically it. that, like the inside of a Butterfinger, except it's just all the inside of a Butterfinger. And it's like in the form of a stick. But no chocolate? No chocolate. Gotcha. And, and uh, usually you can find them at the Quickie Marts. And you have one of those and a Dr. Pepper. And that was me in my my teenage years. There it is. I go to a quick shop and I get a Chico stick and a Dr. Pepper.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. That makes everything better, Pat.
2: You did that rather than cut down telephone poles with a saw, huh? Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) For me, we were bad kids because we
0: never did that, Andy.
2: No, we did not. We didn't. Uh, My favorite candy, probably... Uh, I like Reese's pieces, but I also like a good old milk dud, you know. So you're you want to ET aficionado. He is. The oh, Reese's did he I, well, I know what the Reese's pieces? Yeah. You lead Andy yeah. to a trail. We can lure Andy out of his house with a trail of Reese's. <laughs> Dude, you could I would fall off a cliff. If you if you drop Reese's pieces up to the edge of a cliff, I would not even watch where I was going. I would just Andy's like a lemming. We just <laughs> lead him
1: right off the cliff. <laughs> ah!
2: <laughs> Splat. Now, I also like milk duds, though, man. Except for, you know. If you got a loose tooth, that's a fe- an effective way to remove a tooth from your mouth. You it's know, that's
1: also a-, a favorite food of gremlins, too. Milk dots. Milk pots. Oh. Milk.
0: Milk
1: <laughs> they are. Yeah. <laughs> Milk dots. I remember that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Right. And microwaves, they don't like those very much.
2: Not so much. <laughs> Not so much.
0: <laughs> no.